You're listening to Cornerstone Conversations, a podcast by Cornerstone in Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Jeremy McNair, and I'm the worship pastor at Cornerstone. And today I'm joined by our student pastor, David Wilson. Together, we're going through a wonderful conversation that parallels to our Sunday morning series called Root Work. This Sunday, we just completed our second week in this series, and I can't wait to dig in to the content even further in our podcast conversation today. As you take in the information and as you do your own study on your own personal time, we know that there's thoughts that go through your head that you'd love to contribute to the conversation that we're having. And as you have those questions, and as you come up with that feedback, we'd love it if you would send it to us at 817-809-3040. Just text us your feedback. We'll be able to respond to the most applicable and universal questions that come out. It'll help contribute to the conversation here that we're having today. As always, all of our sermons and podcasts can be found on our website at cbc.family media, as well as on all of the major podcast distributors. Thank you again so much for listening with us. We can't wait to continue these Cornerstone conversations today. Man, David, Sunday was such a good sermon. I loved hearing your passion and your enthusiasm for this topic. And I thought it was really nice how specifically you spoke through some of the routines and the habits that we mm-hmm. can get into as we kind of repurpose the rooting of our lives. Yeah, as we're yeah. talking about this root work series, you brought up a lot of really specific practices that we can have as we live our lives and as we align ourselves more with really the design and the pace that we were made to have. One of those major things is just this idea of Sabbath. And Mm -hmm. I think you mentioned Sabbath and you actually in your sermon say, we'll talk about this more on the podcast. So here we are talking about it on the podcast. (laughs) It's It's one of these things where Sabbath is so important, Mm -hmm. especially in American culture, but I would even say this is a universal truth. We've gotten so far away from the command of what Sabbath is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess the big question that kind of comes up to my mind first when we start unpacking what Sabbath is all about is, do you have to observe the Sabbath anymore? Like, is it still a command for us? Because Jesus fulfilled the Mosaic law where the Sabbath is commanded. Is it still a command for us now if Jesus fulfilled the law? Right. So very simply, no. I mean, you don't have to, because again, what the Israelites were living in was now a new identity and a set of commands that then shape who you are, how you live and how you relate then to God. Now, of course, there's always been grace. There's always been faith all throughout the Bible narrative. We see that with Abraham. Paul calls all this out all over your New Testament. This is a theme. However, what we see through the law and the way that the Israelites dealt with the law is that was the way in which you related to God. Whereas now in light of Jesus, we relate to God through prayer, Mm -hmm. through the partnership of the Holy Spirit, through the corporate body of the church. There's a lot of ways to relate to God now that aren't contingent upon a list of commands. So the commands now become what we do from a motivation of love, not a way to relate to God in general. Yeah. So no, you don't have to observe the Sabbath. However, I think there is wisdom in observing the Sabbath because it gets you in pace and in rhythm with your creator. Well, it was a command to begin with on purpose. That's right. And that's one thing that we can see in a lot of the law, even the parts that don't really apply to us now, we can still look at it and understand the reason. That's exactly right. And I think there's no truer part of the law than the Sabbath where we can look at and say, Mm -hmm. wow, I really get the reasoning and even more so 
God gave us reasoning for it. This is something that you mentioned briefly in your sermon. I want to go look at Deuteronomy chapter five. Deuteronomy chapter five has the Ten Commandments listed out. You have no other gods before me. Don't make anything in an image of me. Don't bow down to any image of anything that's not God. Don't misuse the name of the Lord God. And then he goes into observing the Sabbath. And the thing about the command of observing the Sabbath is that it's not just a statement. It's not just observe the Sabbath. Instead, it gives a full description of why it's important. Yes. Some of the other ones tell you the scriptures of what it should look like, but the Sabbath actually gives you reasoning behind it. So it says, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do not any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox or your donkey, or any of your animals or any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. And then it goes on and just continues listing the other ones. Sure. But it's like there's this whole moment for describing what the Sabbath is and why it's important to remember it. And that is so important for us to grasp, even the way that that's made up, the formation of that. So first in Exodus chapter 19, God gives these slaves their identities. You are a holy nation. You're my chosen people. You're going to be priests and kings, right? Right. So he gives them their identity. Then he gives them these commands by which they orient their lives in order to relate to God. And the Sabbath has this big reason Mm -hmm. all around it because again, slaves have to produce. That's how you're valuable. That's how your value is ascribed to you as a slave. And God is saying something completely 180 Mm -hmm. to that. He's saying you are valuable because you're mine, period. You don't have to work for one whole 24 hour period and I'm still going to love you. You're still going to be mine. And things are still going to be run. Like I'm still capable of handling things without your involvement. (laughs) That's exactly right. So back to the original question, do we have to in light of the New Testament? No, we don't have to, but there's just so much wisdom. Mm. And there's a reason given by God in order for us to match the rhythm and the pace that the creator has made everything to operate in. So the Sabbath doesn't make God like you more or less. He likes you and loves you as you are more than you or anybody else could ever love you or like you. That's how much he likes you. Mm-hmm. So we're not required to observe it to relate to him. It just means that we have the ability to have a relationship with God that isn't dependent upon all these commands but we find wisdom in those commands and where we find that wisdom, we should take note of it. Yeah. I mean, look at the other commandments. Don't murder. Yeah. Don't commit I adultery. Mean, it's exactly Honor the same your thing. father and mother. I mean, these are wonderful yes. things that everyone yes. should live by, right? And they do fulfill the law of love that Jesus lays out, yeah. which is to love God and to love others. Right. They are a part of the idea of love, the reality of love. So no, you don't have to do it, but it's just such wisdom to apply the way that God would pattern the world into your own pattern. Yeah. And it's so interesting that when you look at the 10 commandments, we're really on board with nine of them. Yeah. We look at (laughs) nine of them. We're like, man, great rules. We love those. And then Sabbath, which is one that should seem just as obviously wonderful. Sure is one that as Americans specifically, because that's what we are, but I still think it's a universal truth. I think so. We look at the command for Sabbath rest and say, nah, we don't really need that. The other ones, those are important. This one is obviously a lesser command, and I'm not sure that's actually true. I would 100% agree. Because again, there's actual description, reasoning of it, almost as if God knew that they would say, (laughs) okay, we don't actually have to do this one. He's like, whoa, 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 before you start writing this one off, let me give you a long description about why it's so important and valuable for you. And that might be an overreaction to the way that Paul 
addresses some Jewish traditions and Jewish ritual rites and things that are happening in the New Testament. That might be an mm. overreaction. Like Maybe. we see Paul specifically dealing with these particular days. Paul deals with it in Galatians and in Romans. And Jesus even tells the Pharisees, shouldn't we do good on the Sabbath? There's a lot of this not anti-Sabbath at all. Yeah. But I think that's maybe what we walk away with. That's our interpretation of the way that Paul and Jesus deal with the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. So our interpretation of that is not that they uphold it and honor it and think that it's a good thing and it's wisdom for people to live by. Yeah. And so from the New Testament interpretation that we bring to the table, we then go, okay, well, we don't have to observe that because mm. Paul says so and Jesus says so. Because they say <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah. And I don't think that that's what Paul and Jesus are after. It's less a command. Yes. But and now it's more principle. That's exactly right, which is how we should view the law in general. Yeah. It's not binding on you in the sense that it is how you relate to God yeah, in, they, in our in covenant relationship yes, with him. Yes, completing and fulfilling these yes. commandments does not then give you access to God. You do these that's 10 right. things and now you have particular yes. access to a right. relationship with him. No. No. However, love, love and faith is it. Right, but because we have a relationship that's with right. him, we should want to fulfill these things. That's exactly right. So I guess then this brings up an important question, which may seem like a silly question, but I think it, it's kind of natural to then go, okay, well, which day do I observe the Sabbath when I'm supposed to do it? Saturday, Sunday? What's Yeah. You know, what's well, and day? you have people ask all the time, well, was church on Saturday or Sunday? Right. When did they meet for the church? Right. In Jewish culture, when did they do it? In the sure. New Testament church, when did they meet right. for church? And meeting for church is something a little bit different than the Sabbath, Sabbath, right? It's all different stuff. So then is Sabbath a Saturday or a Sunday thing? I think it's a well-intentioned question because we want to model ourselves after the early church and what the apostles sure. taught and what Jesus was all about. So I would say yes and no. I would say it doesn't have to be a particular set day. And I brought up Romans chapter 14 a minute ago. I want right. to read yeah. a really important verse in here. Verse five from Romans chapter 14. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. And I think what Paul's trying to free us from is a binding command, which says this day is important. This day is not important. Yeah. You got to remember that Paul's dealing with a Jewish and Gentile congregation. It's a mixed congregation and mm -hmm. they come with different traditions and rituals and rites and understandings of the scripture. Right. And so Paul is addressing now how the Jews and the Gentiles relate with one another. And he's not making a binding command because the Jews want to either follow a festival that they find in the old Testament, maybe in Levitical law, yeah. or they want to follow the Sabbath. And and I think Paul is freeing everybody up to just say, be convinced, grow in God, however you see fit, as long as it lines up with scripture yeah. and just be free. And that's his whole point. So I think for us, then the Sabbath needs to be on whatever day works. So for not us. even necessarily Saturday or Sunday. No, I just don't think it has to be because what was the seventh day? when God rested. I mean, yeah. it doesn't say, and on Sunday, the seventh day, God right. rested. I don't think we need to do that. We need to be free to be able to allow ourselves the space where mm -hmm. Sabbath will actually work on a particular day. So for me, Monday is a great day to do Sabbath. Yeah. Because that's my day off after the work week. That's a great day for me to actually take some time and rest with my family. But maybe for someone else who doesn't have my schedule, if you called into your boss and said, Hey, I've got to observe the Sabbath on Monday because it said so in a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Your boss would laugh and think you're joking. And you're like, no, I'm serious. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> a real thing. It's yeah. silliness, right? Yeah. You can't do that because there is a reality in which you are supposed to work. God even says in the Sabbath reasoning, he gives, you shall do six days of work. And then on the seventh, you need to rest. Yeah. So clearly there's a schedule for the Jewish people. But now with this freedom in Christ that we have, mm -hmm. I don't think that we need to make it a certain day. It doesn't always always have to be a Sunday because God commands it to be Sunday. It doesn't always have to be Saturday because God commands it to be Saturday. Yeah. 
make it work for you in order to make it work between you and God. Exactly. I, I think that's it. Yeah. And it has to be in alignment with what works for your schedule. That's right. That's right. right. Because otherwise it's not going to be rusty. If you have to put it at a certain slot, yes. if everyone had to take the same slot, then what's going to end up happening is everyone's going to be stressed out of their minds right. because that's not a slot that's conducive or, you know, realistic nope. with your life. And again, we don't live in a Jewish context yeah. in which the entire culture is based around a specific day that we do Sabbath. Mm -hmm. All of us have different days off. All of us have differing schedules. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Yeah. And yeah. so we can't apply their cultural context to our cultural context. Well, we can take the principles and the wisdom of the Sabbath and begin to bring it into our lives. So I guess the next question is then, how do we practically apply doing the Sabbath? What does it actually look like to do the Sabbath? Yeah, I love this question because this is actually something that's been really important to my family really since the beginning of this year. It's something that we've really been intentional about scheduling into our lives and making sure that we are diligent to practice. Mm -hmm. I would say that practically what happens, it depends on the family. Yeah. You know what's restful for your family. Yeah, that's good. And I know that it's different for me and what's restful for my mm -hmm. family. I think there are some overarching things that probably sure. could be true for all Sabbath rest. But I think you kind of have to create your own structure and format that works sure. in a way that is helpful and is restful for you. Because yeah. That's really what Sabbath is all about. Exactly and I would right. even say this, when God rested after creating the world, it wasn't just that he took a nap. He sat yeah, back and good. then enjoyed his creation. That's good. He looked at what he did and he said, man, mm -hmm. this is good. Yeah. And he took a moment to really reflect on the goodness of the creation and enjoy that. Mm -hmm. So I think there's an element of that that needs to be a part of our rest, yeah. whether that's enjoying the goodness of the creation of family or taking specific time to enjoy the goodness of nature and yeah. his physical creation. We need to find time to look back on what God has done and said, man, that was good. Ah, like and that. we've got this moment to rest and take note of that and really take special mm. appreciation, mm. just like God did when he created the earth and the universe. That's after he, his pace. He rhythm. looked at it. He said, man, this is good. Yeah. And he took a moment to enjoy it. So I think that has to always be sure. an element of what we're doing to really define what that rest is. It's not just everyone take a nap for 24 yeah. hours. It's <laughs> yeah, finding times to look back and reflect on how good God has been yeah. and taking purposeful time to rest in his glory and rest in yeah. his goodness and feel good about the things that he's done rather than feeling good about the things that we've done. I like that. So for my family, because again, this is something that we've been doing. Well, let me say this first. It's kind of tough to do this every week. Yeah. I can't do it every week, just full transparency. And yeah. I would love to be able to do it every week. Yeah. But as it is right now, we're working toward that and we're not there yet. So what we do for my family is we purposefully schedule out a 24 hour block mm -hmm. once a month yeah. that is just non-negotiable. Yeah. It's like the most important thing on our calendar. And we try to make it the most important thing on our calendar. We say, okay, from the fifth through sixth of this month, right? we're going to say there is nothing happening except Sabbath rest as we've defined it. And yeah. I'll talk about the specificity sure, of what we sure. do during our Sabbath rest. But the thing that I think makes this successful is that it's a non-negotiable time block. Yeah. And it's something that other people are really without fail. There's always something that tries to come up on yeah. our scheduled Sabbath rest time. And sometimes I feel like just a terrible friend or whatever by having to say no to people. 
but also it's a non-negotiable time block right. for us. And we have to make sure that we uphold the value of it mm -hmm. because I want my kids to know that this is something that yes. we do. And I want my kids to know they're serious about taking rest. There's yeah. nothing that's going to come in between their schedule and the scheduled time of rest. Yeah, that's really good. So I'll just talk through practically what we do. Cool. One thing that we do that's really important is we always prepare for Sabbath. Yeah. So what I mean by that is we know that there's some things that are going to have to happen in our lives. Mm -hmm. If I don't pay the mortgage, we're going to get kicked out of our house, right? <laughs> sure. So there's some things that have to happen that I don't want to have to worry about when I'm practicing Sabbath rest. And so the days leading up to Sabbath, we're trying to get as much of that stuff done as we can so that we don't have to worry about accomplishing anything. So if the grass needs to be mowed, that happens in the days leading up to it. Right. If we're starting Sabbath, let's say on a Friday, then on Thursday, we're going to make sure that the house is clean. Yeah. We're going to make sure the dishes are done and put away. We're going to sure. do everything that we can to prepare ourselves, to prepare our house for Sabbath. It also means we're going to plan our meals mm -hmm. because meals can be a stressful thing to make Sheesh. at times. Yeah. And so we'll plan it out. We'll know exactly what's happening. Sometimes we'll pre-make things or we'll plan to purchase a meal in or whatever. We just try to do as much yeah. preparation ahead of time so that when we're actually practicing Sabbath, it goes into autopilot mm -hmm. and we know we can expect and it just happens because we spent time preparing for it. The first thing that we do, we always start at dinner time. So if we start it Friday at dinner, then it goes Friday at dinner until Saturday at dinner. Yeah, yeah. And the reason for that is because we want to start it off with an event and we want to close it off with an event. Yeah, that's nice. And again, these are things that my family does. Sure. I'm not saying these are rules or biblical in any no. way, but these are things that we've done to make it special and it's been really nice. So let's say we start off with a Friday night dinner. We'll always light a candle. It's just a thing that kind of signifies and symbolizes yeah, the beginning of this meal. Which is what God says in his command. He says, make it a holy day. Make it a thing. Yeah. And so our kids know it's a special thing to be able to light the Sabbath candle. Yeah. They love to hold my hand as I'm lighting the candle and we'll pray over the meal together and we'll spend time talking about our blessings. And it's a different kind of intention behind that dinner meal mm. than it is at other dinner meals. Sure. Like this one, we're really going to be focused on how has God blessed us and how can we reflect on those blessings? Yeah. So that first dinner is really nice. Like we even, we have the kids pick out their clothes for that night mm -hmm. and we say like, hey, we want you guys to dress in something that you feel like is nice for Sabbath. Cool. And sometimes that means that they've got a Nike t-shirt and pants or whatever, but they wore that because they thought it was special for That's this right. moment. That's so we right. let them pick what they're wearing and they get dressed up nicely. We might play worship music in the background. We'll sure. get flowers for the table. We'll set the table with the yeah, nicer dishes nice. and we make it a nice dinner yeah. because we want it to, again, be a, a moment that's different. Not we want to set this aside yeah. and we're all at the table. We're not sitting in the living room. This is a moment. Yeah. So we always start with dinner on night one and it's always lots of scripture reading and we say blessings for each other and it's a really nice time. No, hold on. When you say you say blessings for each other, what does that mean? I'm curious. So David, if you're sitting at my table and you're part of my Sabbath meal, yeah. I might say, I just pray that God blesses you with wellness hmm. and that God blesses you with courage. If I know that something's coming up in your life, let's say you're my six-year-old son, right? Right, right? And I know that he's got a spelling test the next week that he's really yeah. stressed about. I might say, I just want the Lord to bless you with memory and bless mm. you with peace that yeah. he calms your nerves. I want you to be blessed and feel confident in your abilities, Man, you know, that. and we'll just speak wonderful blessings That's over so each other. Yeah. And because again, this is a special time. Yeah. So we start with a meal on night one. Okay. And then we kind of have a no TV rule. 
for night one. Cool. We're just not going to watch TV. Yeah. We're just, just going to spend time another. together. Yeah. So another thing is I try to always have something that we can do together. Yeah. So if that means, and again, I have two boys. So if that means I buy a brand new Lego set that they've never seen before, sure. we're going to be putting the Lego set together because yeah. it's a family thing. Or we get a puzzle or we get like a, we get fabric to do superhero capes or something. We have some <laughs> yeah. kind of activity that's some planned fun. that yeah. is different than the norm sure. that we can just do together. So th- sometimes that starts on night one cool. instead of TV. Day two is a little bit different because now we're talking about the day, not just an evening. One thing that's non-negotiable for our family is we have all of our meals together on the Sabbath 24-hour period. Mm -hmm. So there's no splitting up. No one's eating breakfast over here or at a different time. We're going to sit at the table until everyone's done. No one's getting up early. All meals are together because, again, we want to focus in on the fact that God bless us with this family and the goodness of this creation Mm -hmm. of our family. We have a three hour thing. So we try not to block out or schedule the second day or the second part of our Sabbath rest too much, but we have three non-negotiable hours. One of them is an hour of quiet time Mm -hmm. where just the house is quiet Mm -hmm. and we try to make it quiet on purpose so that, and actually this kind of goes with another topic that you talked about, silent prayer, just having the space to chill out Mm -hmm. and tune out and focus in on whether you're in the word or whether you're in prayer or just kind of sitting there quietly. Sure. We want to slow down and have a purposeful moment I of slow it. down. So we have a minimum one hour of quiet time. We have a minimum hour of outside time as long as the weather ah, cool. permits. Sure. Yeah. And so the reason for that is, again, God looked back and enjoyed his creation. Yeah. We should enjoy his creation Absolutely. too. And so we have just an hour minimum of us going out and enjoying the nature around us. Do you take a walk? We take a walk, yeah. We have a wonderful park system right by our house, but I'm not against traveling to somewhere else and enjoying nature elsewhere. Cool. So we have an hour quiet time, hour of outside time, and then an hour of what we call cup filling time. So there's some things that are just draining. We don't want to do anything that's draining during our 24 hours of Sabbath. Right. And so we want to do things that fill our cup. So my wife, Erica, loves to write. She might say writing to some people is a chore, but for me, it fills my cup and it makes me feel just full and purposeful and wonderful because I'm using this talent and the skill and I feel great about spending my time writing. So we have an hour of cup filling time. Cool. You know, if my kid was learning guitar, that might be a time for him to play his guitar and just feel great about that. That kind of thing where you're just, you have an hour that's specific to doing something that just kind of fills your heart fills your spirit, makes you feel good about what's happening. So those are our three hours of purposeful things. And then aside from that, we don't really have much of a schedule. We might finish the Lego set from the night before. We might not. We like to end night two, maybe with other people. So our first night is non-negotiable, just our family. The second night, a lot of times we might invite in another family and say, hey, we're closing out Sabbath and we like the idea of community. So we're gonna bring in another family and enjoy community together. And so we've done that several times where we've brought in someone else at the tail end of this habit yeah. time. We also don't spend money. Yeah. So the reason why is because we're not really supposed to be working. Yeah. And money is something that we've earned because of our work. And yeah. it just feels like we're not really taking time away from the tasks yeah. when we use money. That's right. So what we say is there's no unplanned money. Yeah. There's no unplanned spending. So sure. if we plan on buying in lunch, that's yeah, fine. That's that's a different if thing. If we plan on going to the trampoline park as part of our cup filling time sure. for an hour, that's fine because we've planned it, but there's no unplanned spending. Gotcha. Another thing that we do is we try to shut off technology as much as yeah, we can. Yeah. So we'll put maybe our phones into the bedroom and we'll keep them mm-hmm. just plugged in. Yeah. And we kind of try to ignore people for a little bit yeah. and just get away from the the constant connectedness 
via technology. Yes. And so it's not that there's not room for, you know, if there's an emergency or yeah. something. Answering you a know, text or yeah, making a phone call. I yeah. go into my room, I check sure. my phone, and sure. I might spend, you know, five minutes doing that. I might spend five minutes going through Instagram or whatever. Right. But I'm not on my phone. I keep it purposefully plugged away yeah. from where I'm going to be spending time yeah. because I don't want my time to be spent on technology. Right. And so we don't have a hard rule on that. It's not like something that is absolutely forced but we try really hard to make technology very secondary to what's happening. Sure. So that means less TV, less phone, less all these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't really want that to be what this is about. We're such a technology-driven culture yeah. that to rest from that means you have to kind of disconnect from it. Absolutely. And you know, earlier I was talking about preparing for it. One thing that we do too is we tell people, hey, for the next 24 hours, we're gonna be doing Sabbath rest with our family. Mm. And so if I'm not quick to answer your text, it's not you. Yeah. It's, it's just because my phone's in the other room and I'm trying hard to ignore it for a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, those are our rules. Those are the things that we really stick to. And David, I can't even tell you the effect and the impact mm. that's had on our family. And that's just one, that's well, one, one, 24, one hour 24 hour period, period in, yeah. in a month at this point. And you guys are obviously working toward even more when you can. Right. But I think, and I said it this past Sunday, whether it's one day a month or it's you're starting out with a 12 hour period. Just do something. Start somewhere because yeah. even the way you're talking about it, it just sounds so refreshing. Yeah, it is so refreshing. And the thing about it is our kids want it now. Mm-hmm. Our kids look forward to it. And yeah. so they ask us, you know, when is Sabbath? <laughs> and they love the that's idea great. of it because they know it's time that's very specifically spent together. Yeah. And they love that. Yeah. They love the opportunity to rest together, mm-hmm. you know, and to enjoy our time together because it's so purposeful. Another thing that I didn't even mention before was that we try our very best not to get our kids in trouble during sabbath sure. rest yeah. we try so hard not to let sure. little things bother us sure. because we want them to enjoy it right i think that's really important to understand too is like everything you're saying here your list might look different our listeners they might have a little different list yeah and that's okay well these things are all very specific to right. my family with a three and six year old boy in it yeah it's so specific to what we do and i think that because it is so specific to the family and to the individual yeah just be free in it and this yeah. is the whole point because what i think we're supposed to gain from sabbath is that refreshing freedom back in god yeah pace and rhythm with him we're back and trusting with him and i want to say this too there will be moments where there will be anxiety that rises up in you Mm -hmm. about oh snap i have that thing that i forgot to do yeah i need to make sure i send that email off and i think that in those moments we don't have to be legalistic no so if it's necessary to do it fine you have to do it but also if it's not necessary and you're just kind of spinning your wheels thinking about it yeah what a great opportunity for us to refocus back on god well because again it's sabbath rest is all about trusting that yes. he is still capable of handling yes. our issues without our help yeah absolutely right? and it's kind of relying on that yep. relying that if i don't do this in this 24-hour period the world is still going to keep on spinning yes and that problem is still going to be there for me yes. to fix another time And so I can let it rest here. And it's such a resistance to our cultural scripts that say we need to produce and do all the time. The Sabbath stands in such stark contrast to our culture and to the narrative that our culture wants to spin about who we are and what we are and what we're valuable because of. Mm -hmm. God says that is not the case. You are valuable whether you're doing nothing or doing something. You're valuable whether you're coming towards me or you're going away from me. Mm -hmm. I love you regardless. And of course, he wants you to come towards him. Right, right. (laughs) But the Sabbath is such a great opportunity for us to do that. And it's a way to embody this resistance practice. But more than it being resistance, it's a way to embody being present to God, not just mentally. It's physically stopping the work that you would be doing. It's emotionally stopping the flurry of activity that's going on around you. 
and it's embodying a command of Christ. Yeah. And that's such a wonderful practice for any believer to be in, to embody the things that you're learning. It's why service and hospitality and these other, you know, giftings of the spirit are so important for us as well, because they actually have feet and flesh and hands and whatever else to a command of Christ. And I just think the more that people really engage with this practice, I think the more refreshed and enlivened they'll be, even though it might be stressful at first to kind of figure out how to do it. I think the more that they practice it and do it, the more refreshed and enlivened they'll be in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all about finding the freedom to be able to do that. Like you were saying earlier, I do want to clarify, we have rules, but I would say it's more of a structure than, yeah, yeah. than rules. But I think it's important to have something that oh, sure. sets your Sabbath time apart from the normal. It makes it intentional. Right. And so whatever your rules are, whatever your structure is, just find something that is sustainable. It's That's more good. guidelines than very specific points. Yeah. I think it's important, you know, and so much of it is all about being able to slow down and take in. And that's something else that you mentioned. And so that's another one of the things I want to talk about kind of briefly here as we look towards silent prayer in a moment. How do we practically slow down? Because it's such a kind of out there idea. Mm-hmm. It's really specific and tailored to your circumstances yeah, and your context. So I think some of the things that we can talk through specifically are boundaries. Boundaries are the way that we prioritize that need to slow down by saying no to certain things and feeling okay about that. That's right. It's not that we're being rude or mean. It's that we're intentionally taking time for ourselves and for our families to prioritize God as a presence in our lives. And he doesn't want us to toil and strive and be hurried and so super busy that we can't take stock of our personal lives. Right. He wants us to walk at a pace, work at a pace that's conducive for our own flourishing. Of course, he wants us to work hard. Of course, there'll be seasons of that and times of that. But also the more that we can embody again, Mm -hmm. slowing down, being in pace and rhythm with him, the more value I think we're going to find in our personal walks with Christ and with even our relational lives with other people, particularly ourselves and our family. So when we create space, the reality that's going to happen is other things will try to fill that space. Always. It's without fail. (laughs) And of course, because that's just the nature of our lives. There's always something else or something new or something shiny that we could be doing. And I think really what a boundary is, is it's a clear marker against what's not important. Yeah. Well, and again, you have to be able to plan for that. Knowing that things are going to come up and knowing that things are going to try to take our attention away from slowing down. Yes. We have to do everything that we can to plan for the slowdown. That's right. And if it's a value for us to slow down, then you have to keep that in front of you at all times. Yeah, And you can't forget when things come up or want to pile on you that you can't, that's not valuable for me at this moment. Yeah. We'll talk about that at another time. Well, and some some things aren't even valuable ever. We have a lot of things that are just tasks on our list that are just so unnecessary. That's right. We don't have to be doing these things. We don't have to be toiling ourselves and putting so much work and effort into a lot of things in our lives and we allow them to clutter a schedule that would actually be a lot more manageable if we didn't have these little tasks that are unnecessary. And so I think one of the practices then is to evaluate our schedule and our routines that goes along with the planning. Yeah. If we can evaluate our schedule and our routines and say, this is important. This really isn't that important. Or even how can I streamline this? Yeah, absolutely. You you look at, I mean, just think about getting the kids to school in the morning, right? Think about that hectic, chaotic, hour and a half of the kids being awake (laughs) to getting them to school, right? There's so many things you can do to streamline that process that allow your whole family to just take a breath in the morning and not be stressed out. 
That's but cool. instead, we do things in really weird orders sure. and without any kind of routine. No. And it ends up making our whole lives so much more stressful because it's such a cluttered morning. We can streamline the tasks in a way that allow us the breathing room That's that right. we need. I love that. So ultimately what this points towards is what I'm doing is I'm prioritizing God above my tasks and my productivity. Yeah. That's really what slowing down is. And what I mean in that is I'm saying I'm intentionally creating margin and space in my life mm -hmm. so that I can be more present to myself, more present to others, and more present to God. Oh, that's good. And yeah. so that can happen in Sabbath, that can happen in silent prayer, but it can also happen in just your schedule, the yeah. way that you schedule things out so that you're not so hurried, not so busy, not so cluttered. Well, because what's the thing, anytime we counsel someone who says, I would love to be in the word, but I don't have time. Right. You do have time. Yeah. It's just that your schedule is so cluttered. That's right. That's with right. tasks that aren't as important, yeah. but we're allowing them to take precedence That's over right. the time that we should be spent with God and in communion with him in quiet. And I know for me personally, like the way my personality makeup is, I would feel guilty to say no to certain things. And mm. so I start piling on tasks. Yeah. But I have to remember that my value is not in what other people perceive of me. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't care about that to an extent, but my value is found in God. And so yeah. when I can prioritize him and my health emotionally, physically, and mentally, right. when I can prioritize that health in my own life, then I actually become a better person in my world. Yeah, for I sure. actually become a less anxious presence. I can love my family better. I can serve better. I can have better conversations with people because I'm more present where I'm at in this moment. Yeah. Now, ultimately, I think this should all come down to something that's really important. It's, these aren't just boxes to tick. Mm -hmm. These are spiritual habits. And so you don't just fall into them by accident. Mm -hmm. You have to actually take them up and engage well, and it with take, them. Well, it takes work. That's it right. It takes effort, actual effort. That's right. But again, if it's important, if it's a value for us, then it, then that work is okay because we understand what it's then producing for us, which is a more deeply formed life, Absolutely. a more deeply rooted life in God. And so we have to remember that because these are spiritual habits, it's going to require a lot of prayer mm -hmm. and a lot of intentional time with God because you can't accomplish all of this by your own will of force. Yeah. It's not our default mode. Right. Our culture forms us into a default mode that makes us want to go, 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 go. And For God sure. is saying, slow yeah, down, breath, slow down. <laughs> He's saying, you don't have to do that. Yeah. And instead take a day of rest, take time to slow down and unclutter. And that takes work to reprogram ourselves, if you would, out of default mode mm -hmm. into the formational life that God wants us to have. Yeah. And so we need help from God. We need his <laughs> spirit to empower this endeavor. And we also need accountability from others. Yeah. That's such an important element of this. We need others praying for us and we need others checking in on us mm -hmm. as to whether or not we've actually scheduled our Sabbath or actually slowing down any of our lives. That's so important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing that you did on Sunday that maybe made people a little uncomfortable. <laughs> that's okay. I like a little discomfort yeah, now and sure. then. One thing that you did was you had everyone practice silent prayer at the end of your <laughs> yeah. sermon on Sunday. Yeah. I'd love for you to just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Silent prayer, I think, is something that we think of with monks or <laughs> super spiritual people do that, but not me. And I think that's kind of an unfortunate thought. I think that we all should be desiring relational time with God. Mm-hmm. 
without the noise and distraction of our own thoughts, without yeah. the noise and distraction of our own talking. Sometimes it's just good to be with somebody. Right. Well, isn't that kind of the mark of a true friendship it when is. you can sit on two different couches right. on your phones and not talk to each other for three hours and you still feel like you had a nice time together? Yeah. We just hung out. It was good. We watched a TV show together. Yeah, we, we didn't, we, we didn't really do anything. We just no, hung out. We just hung out. And those are the kinds of friends that when you think about them, you just smile yeah. because you're so comfortable with them that it's okay to just be in silence or be doing your own thing together. Yeah. You don't need to fill the space. Right. Even the presence of each other is comforting. Yes. And I think that's kind of the point of silent prayer is to be so comforted by just that's being right. in his presence. And again, this idea of presence versus productivity. We even think in our relationships that we have to fill the space. We have to talk. We have to accomplish something together mm -hmm. or else. It's been a waste of time. It's been a waste of time. Yeah. And we didn't accomplish anything. So what did we actually do? And this refocuses us on the reality that we don't need to build our friendships or our lives around productivity, but rather around presence with one another. Yeah. What's more important than what we accomplish is the people that we're with. Right. Absolutely. And so silent prayer does a lot for us as a resistant practice. Mm -hmm. It retrains our minds to think about our relationship with God in a different and new way. So I think maybe we should talk about some of the specific particulars about what's happening during silent prayer. Yeah. So number one, we got to identify a time and a place that works well for you Ooh, and the your place. schedule. The place is a big deal. See, for me, the best place is to go on my back porch and to sit in a little bit of an uncomfortable chair on purpose. Yeah. It's a little bit uncomfortable on purpose. So I have to sit up and kind of stay focused and stay yeah. mindful of what I'm doing. So yeah. identify a time and a place. And it depends on how long you want to practice this for, whether it's something that you're doing for just a few minutes or for an extended period of time. Right. It's really up to you. So you need to identify a time and a place that really works yeah. for what you're about to do. You know, I live five minutes from where I work. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always a little bit jealous of the people who have these incredible commutes where they're in the car alone sure. for sure. 30 minutes yeah. because I don't know what alone time feels like. Right. Yeah. And so it's just this <laughs> idea that I have specific time every single day mm -hmm. that I don't have to turn on the radio. Yes. I don't have to put on a podcast. I don't have to be on the phone. I don't have to do anything. I can just turn everything off yep. and just be silent. That I wish I had that. I think so many people have that mm -hmm. block already in their day. And they It'd don't realize what a wonderful opportunity that they have. Yeah. And because driving is so mindless, I understand. You should pay attention. I understand. You should pay attention. General and you will here. be paying attention pay as you're attention driving. when you're driving. Yes, However, please. However. Instead of talking. <laughs> it's such an autopilot thing for many of us now. We're so used to driving on our routes that we go to and from wherever we go. That, it's muscle memory. Yeah. yeah, it's muscle memory. So we do have a moment where our minds can engage with God as we're driving. I don't think there's any problem with that. So I think the next thing to do is to set a modest goal. We need to have a realistic mindset when we approach this. Yeah. yeah, we need to be reasonable because if we've never practiced this before, starting at an hour is going to feel like torture and you're never going to want to do it again. Yeah, well, in the same way that I knew that there was no way to sustain doing a Sabbath every single week right. for my family. Right. I wish we could. Yeah. There's no way it's actually going to be sustainable to do yes. it that way for us right now. So we only do once a month right now Yeah. because I know that that gives us space to grow. That's right. That's In right. the same way, you have to set a goal that is sustainable because a lot of times people get so into something that they say, okay, I'm going to be in the word for an hour and a half every single morning before I get up. Sure. And then after about three days, they realize this is not a sustainable yes. goal. So. Yes. Start off 
modestly yeah, and, and give yourself space to grow. That's exactly right. So I would say whether you're a beginner or an intermediate or you're kind of at an advanced level, wherever you are in this, let's kind of start with the beginners and see maybe what you could do. It's better to start small and work your way up. We recommend that you start with maybe 10 minutes or three to five minutes or yeah. whatever is reasonable within there, about three to five days a week. Again, I think this is like our Bible reading. This is like our regular prayer time where we're actually talking with God. Yeah. If we can introduce this as a regular practice in our lives, well, it'll pay big dividends. So if you're an intermediate, if you're already practicing silence and time alone with God a few times a week, maybe consider upping that up to every day, where every day you're spending 10 minutes, three to five minutes, one minute, whatever it well, is. Well, I would even say, as you try to grow in anything, yeah. don't try to up more than one thing at a time. Let's say I'm doing silent prayer three times a week for five minutes. Yeah. Maybe when I say I've gotten into now a habit, I've put in the work right. and now it's a habit of being in quiet and silence in the presence of our creator. When I feel good about that, then maybe instead of five minutes, three times, I might do 10 minutes, three times, right? Instead of doing 10 minutes, five times, yeah. right? I'm only going to, yeah, that's a big jump. I'm only going to up <laughs> yeah. one thing at a time. I or like I might that. say it five minutes, but now do five times. I'll only bump up one thing at a time so that again, now it's sustainable. We're taking little steps as opposed to big steps because big steps are not sustainable. And again, we're not after solutionism where now I have become really good at this thing and now I have a solution. Right. And now since I'm really good at silent prayer, God loves me more, will bless me more. <laughs> That's the wrong attitude to have coming into it. Yeah, we we sure. don't need to produce when we're doing silent prayer. It's mm -hmm. just time to be with God. So whatever that looks like, whether it's one to two to three to five minutes, whatever it is, yeah. just start somewhere. And then like you said, grow slowly into that. Now, if you're more of an advanced person, if you're already practicing this silence and solitude with God, then consider upping your time. Mm -hmm. Who knows what that may be. But if you're really into this practice, then just try to grow even more in that by yeah. upping your time and having an even higher level of focus in those moments. I can just imagine, David, you at 80 years old, <laughs> every single morning waking up before anyone else in your family does. Yeah going outside with a cup of coffee yeah. and just sitting there in quiet for an hour every single day. I, that's so reasonable for me to see you growing into. I can tell you it's hard for me to imagine right now. I can just so as imagine. As I practice the, three to five minutes right now and it well, feels hard. Sure, yeah. But it's like when you think the long game. Yeah. It's like imagine yeah. how peaceful and sure. wonderful it would be to be able to spend an hour every day with your maker. And what, you know, a, just what in, a goal that would in, be. In presence you know? with him. And obviously that's not a tomorrow goal. No, 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 no. I'm just saying if we take the baby steps, yes. then eventually it's going to be so natural yes. to just spend time together. You know, I think about if I'm in the middle of doing something and I'm really busy and fulfilling the task and one of my kids comes over and just wants to snuggle, I drop what I'm doing and I snuggle. Yeah. Because that's more important. Yeah. You shouldn't stiff arm your kid and go, it's my time with God. Go away. Yeah. Instead, I think I wish I could get to the point with God where I could get rid of all the distractions and all the tasks and say, you know, it's more important for me just to be in your presence yeah. than to be doing all these things. Right. So now the next thing would be to put away your phone or any other distractions and to settle into your time and into the place that you set and get modestly comfortable. Again, if you're like me, not you're where you're going to fall asleep. asleep. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to do that because you do want to keep your mind focused on God. Next thing would be to begin with some breathing and taking stock of your body. I think it would be valuable to think about what are my feet doing right now? What are my knees doing right now? What are my shoulders doing right now? What is my neck doing right now? And kind of loosening yourself up to be in a focused spot. Well, so there's a physical calmness that we miss is. out. And I don't want to sound too new agey or, no, or no, no, mystic. No. I don't want to sound like any of that. But at the same time, there is some truth and value mm -hmm. to finding a physical centeredness and a calmness yep. that you only find by starting off with some deep, clean breathing. That's right. right. 
So we should close our eyes, take long, deep breaths, slow those breaths down, really. I mean, even if you wanted to count four seconds in and four seconds wait, yeah. followed by four seconds out and repeat that. What that's doing already is it's starting to focus your mind on a specific thing you're doing, which then will help you take the next step, which is to focus on God. So once we started to pay attention to your breathing, just watch that breath go in and out and then start to release the constant chatter that's in your mind. Let each thought go as quickly as it comes and just focus on your breathing. So your mind will seize this opportunity to run wild with your thoughts, with your feelings, with your memories, your to-dos, your distractions, and that's okay. You don't need to judge yourself. That's one of the things we said this past Sunday. We don't need to feel bad. We just need to reframe distractions as times to reconnect with God. So yep. don't worry. Don't be discouraged. Just let them become opportunities. When you notice that your mind is starting to wander, just recenter with a quick prayer like, Father, whatever it is, help hmm. me to come back. Help me to refocus. And yeah. then start your breathing back again. In the beginning, maybe just one to two minutes of this will be a huge win. Yeah. Maybe even 10 minutes would be like your home run. Oh, absolutely. That, like you try that maybe once a month and that's just the home run for you. How awesome would that be? It'd be incredible. Because again, we talked about our life being made up of systems this past week. Mm -hmm. What you're doing when you have silent prayers, you're sitting with God in relationship and you're inputting his presence into your life system. Yeah. You're introducing health, spiritual health, mental health, physical health. You're introducing health back into your systems. And our culture understands this. This is why there's so many mindfulness apps all over the place. Right, all over. <laughs> because there is something important about slowing yourself down, slowing your mind down, slowing your breathing down. Mm -hmm. It has actual physical benefits as well as mental and emotional. Yeah. And for us, it will have spiritual benefits as well. And then we spend a few minutes just abiding in his presence. So we transition from that breathing to the practice of the presence of God. Yep. So what we're doing with this is that we're noticing God's presence all around us. He's in you, he's with you. For some people, maybe it's even helpful to imagine that God is sitting in the chair yeah, across from you. Imagine his presence. Yeah, and you don't have to feel crazy about any of this. Just try to imagine him being near. Whatever that looks like for you, God understands. You don't have to have a set image of what it looks like or yeah, how no. it's supposed to be. Just imagine that he's sitting across from you or he's hanging out with you wherever you happen to be. So then the next thing is to just... Open your heart and your mind to welcome his love, his joy, his peace from the spirit. And if you want, just open your mind and imagine listening to God's voice. Imagine him beginning to speak to you. Imagine what that would feel like and what that would look like. Maybe there's a moment now after you've done some silence time, maybe several minutes of that, where now there's something that you're feeling like I need to talk to God about. These are beautiful times then to launch from your silent prayer into speaking with God. But see, the main goal is not to do that. The goal of silent prayer is not to launch into prayer, although yeah. that's fine too. Sure. The goal really is to simply just be with Jesus. Right. So don't feel like you have to do anything at all. Just relax and enjoy his presence. Then finally close in a small prayer of gratitude and committing yeah. Thank the you rest for, of your thanks day. Thanks for a time to together. This right. was really nice. And then go on. And sometimes it will feel like you forced it, but sometimes it won't feel that way. Yeah. And isn't that true of any part of our spiritual practices? Sometimes it feels like, man, I'm really forcing this. But the beauty of those moments is that they sow seeds for a harvest that's to come. Absolutely. And Paul tells us in Galatians chapter six, don't be worn out from doing good. Mm -hmm. Realize that what you're doing, you're setting the stage for the spiritual fruit that's coming 
maybe later. Yeah. And David, don't we wear ourselves out with doing good a lot? <laughs> and so all these yes. things that we're talking about, it, we're just completely in the middle of a culture that's all about mm -hmm. how many things can you do and how quickly yeah. can you do them? Yeah. And I think most of us are trying to do good with our lives. Absolutely. We're trying to do good things. Absolutely. And all the busyness that surrounds us is all with good intention. Absolutely. But we don't know how to then look at that and say, we're doing some good stuff, but also we need to calm down a minute. That's right. And don't do anything. That's right. And I think that's true of all these practices that we're talking yeah. through is it's okay to not be doing something constantly. That's right. And they resist this idea of self-creation and yeah. instead they fill us with a different input into our life systems. They give us less of ourselves and more of God, which actually then let us become more of ourselves. That's, That's kind true. of the paradox of following Jesus. It's true because you're not focused on your own productivity, right. but That's instead right. you're resting in the result mm -hmm. of God's productivity, right? Yeah. So I just can't more highly encourage even the baby steps in all of these. I understand that there's three things that I introduced and that might feel a little overwhelming that there's now three things for you to consider. But I would say that all of these are kind of in the same vein, Yeah, kind of have the same idea, the slowing down, silent prayer and Sabbath, all are the same idea of resisting our cultural scripts of productivity and work and instead being with God in his presence. Being with him. That's right. Yeah. Just simply existing with him and for him. So I get there's three practices there to maybe consider how to take up in our life. But also these are three sides of the same triangle. So having that in mind takes away that barrier of now I have three more things on my list. No, instead you have a new way of life. Yeah. You have a new way of thinking that also has a practice or two involved. Right. In We're not asking you to put more stuff on your plate. No. We're asking you to take some stuff off. Absolutely. In order to instill more of God's presence in your life. And what this does is it situates our whole life now, our schedules, our mindfulness, mm -hmm. the idea of this presence over productivity. It situates our whole lives now around the rhythm and pace of God and around his presence, which if we can get to that spot, yeah. there's where renewal begins to happen. There's where the spirit begins to flood our life systems. And then we become conduits of his presence to do the fruit work that he's calling us to do. But first we have to do that root work. And I love that analogy. And I love this conversation. I love being able to talk through really practical things that can help with our practice in being more in communion and in God's presence. You know, it's so important. And I think it's important to hear how our listeners do. You know, one thing that I would love is this week as you do some of these practices mm -hmm. to text us and tell us how it went. I, I, I would love that is if cool. you would text in and say, this week I tried doing Sabbath and it was a complete disaster and here's why. <laughs> or yeah. maybe this week I spent three minutes in silent prayer and it was the most transformational three minutes of my day. Mm. I would love to hear that. We'd love yeah. to hear any of your feedback as you put these things into practice. You can do that by texting us at 817-809-3040. We would love to hear all of your feedback and we'd love to be able to maybe encourage some of our other listeners mm -hmm. with your stories and with your responses and allow you to have a voice in the conversation. Again, this is part of our root work series at Cornerstone and all of our media can be found at cbc.family media and on all the major podcast distributors. We are so blessed by the fact that you are tuning in and we can't wait for you to be even greater a part of these cornerstone conversations. <laughs>